We were praying and with some of our volunteer team this morning and just talking about how interesting it is um, how many verses there are throughout Scripture that talk about light and God's light and light versus darkness. And I love superhero movies and action movies, so I always love good winning over evil, you know, watching the, watching the good guys win over the, over the enemy, the villain, all that. And so that's really how God works, is, is, except we already know the end of the story, that the good wins over evil and already has won, and we get to partner with him in that. John 1.5 says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> you know, there's sometimes, I don't like in movies the parts where it's like, they have to make it dramatic so it's not just a short movie. So they make the bad guy, you know, win certain fights and they make the good guy look weak and it takes a long time before they finally rise up and win. But it's like, no, just get to the point. God, that doesn't happen with the Lord. He wins. You know, he, he comes through. Um, Jesus was only in the tomb for three days, and then he was out. And even in that tomb, he wasn't just, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a goner here. He was at work. The Bible talks about he was um, still moving and working in the midst of that. It's so cool to know just how God operates. And Jesus himself came to be the light of the world for us, right? And so if we choose the light, if we choose to live in the light of God, that means we don't have to remain in the dark. Jesus said this in John 12, 46. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. So we're in this dark world and we don't have to stay in darkness. But what's the part of that that we have to respond to? Those who put their trust in Jesus Christ. So that's the choice that we get to have in this whole process. Will I choose Jesus? And will I not just say, well, I believe in God and I believe that Jesus came and, and it's not just these fairy tale stories that someone told me as a kid to get me to behave. No, that Jesus is real and that God loves me. Will I choose now to actually trust him with my life, trust him with every part of who I am in and through every part of me? And so, so far we've talked about how we have a choice to let the light in. A couple weeks ago, I was, I was using an analogy like shutters, you know, like you can open and close shutters or curtains. And it's up to us. The light's going to shine in, but it's up to us internally whether we allow that light to come into our hearts, into our lives personally. Because God's, God's going to keep working with us and he'll keep meeting with us. Even, you know, I got saved almost 17 years ago now. And I, and I remember getting saved and looking back going, wow, God's been with me my whole life. I just didn't realize it. But God won't force himself into your heart to make you change your life. He will just constantly shine his light on you and wait for you to let him in. So we have a choice to let the light in. And last week, the message was all about how we find our identity in the light. That with God, when we live our lives with the Lord, um, he wants to show us who we are by shining his light on us and seeing that we've become a reflection of him and the character of his son, Jesus Christ. So today's message then is all about living in the light. <laughs> Sounds kind of self-explanatory, but it's one thing to say, well, I'm going to let light in and I'm going to see who I am, but now what am I going to do with that? Is that actually going to translate into something that can be seen, that can show evidence to myself and to others that I am actually living in God's light day to day and throughout my life? Last week, we also, we jumped into a little bit of John three sixteen. you know, I, you'll probably, you know, again, you're watching the game today. There's not many fans, but there are going to be fans finally, you know, last week and this week. So there may be those holding the John 3.16 signs, you know, one of this, the most popular verses and one of the most important verses, I think, to understand um, 
how amazing God is to come and do what he did for every single one of us. You know, Jamie, our worship pastor, was talking about how God chose to do what he did for those who were still sinners, those whose lives weren't yet turned around. It doesn't matter. God chose out of his love to come. And so we read this in John 3, 16 and 17. It says this. This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So this is incredible, right? We see the heart of God here. We get to know a little bit about the character of God. We get to know him more. We get to feel his love. We get to understand that there's nothing on our part that has earned God's love. He just chose to do something majorly sacrificial to say, I love you and I choose you and I will do whatever it takes to offer myself and make myself available to you. If you would only choose me, I love, you know, my wife and I adopted our son uh, this past summer. And so even last week, I loved using the analogy of adoption preaching. I was in the Milton campus preaching last week and just talking about how God has done all of what it takes to present himself to us. And now he's waiting to get chosen back because that's so much of what the story of adoption is. You prep your whole life to put yourself out there and wait to be chosen. That's what God has done for us. God has done everything that it takes on his part to just present himself and say, will you choose me? So we see him more, we know him more, we get to feel his love. But I want to continue uh, this same John chapter three a little bit. I want to go a few verses further here. So let's pick it up in verse 18. It says this, there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light Jesus came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. And isn't that an incredible passage of honesty with humans, with, with men and women, with, with the sin nature of who we are as human beings, right? <laughs> All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. I'm going to get found out. Someone's going to see the brokenness in me or the selfishness in me or that part of me that doesn't reflect God and I'm scared of what they're going to think, what they're going to say. Um, but those who do right come into the light. There's a major discrepancy between living in the light of God versus living in darkness, making the choice between living in light versus living in darkness. Yet so many people still choose to live in darkness. People will constantly choose to make decisions and make life choices that don't reflect the light of God and keep them hidden in this shroud of darkness in any time in their life. And this can still happen even after someone comes to know God, understands who he is and what he's done for them, who Jesus is, and they've seen the truth, they've seen the light, yet it might not even, you know, there may be someone who says, I don't really want that because I don't want to give up my sin. Talk about the Jesus uh, had this rich guy come to him in the parable of the rich man, and, and the, the man loved his money more than Jesus. He wanted Jesus so bad, but when Jesus says, will you choose me over your wealth, over your status, over what you've attained for yourself, will you choose me more? The man couldn't do it. 
He wanted Jesus, but he, he, he loved the darkness of what he's built up for himself even more. Not the money's darkness. God will use money in great ways to bless people, and hopefully the Lord can help you be in position in your life to use wealth to be, a generous, to be generous to others and show the generosity of God. But in this man, the darkness was the fact that he loved his money more than he loved God. And maybe it's not, maybe it's, maybe it's not somebody turning their whole life away, maybe it's saying, well, I love God and I choose God, but I'm just going to keep this certain area of my life off limits to God because I don't really want to give that up and I don't want to change that. Have you ever tried to hide something, to live with a secret sin or keeping something hidden from others? I'm going to tell you a story of my life a little bit. <laughs> so uh, when I turned 18, you know, as I was a teenager, let me back up a little bit. When I was a teenager, I always thought getting a tattoo would be really cool. I always thought, man, that would be awesome because I see it on, in the movies. I've got you know, friends who talk about it. And so when, when I turned 18, I was really thinking about getting a tattoo. But I was a little nervous because my parents told me, you won't get a tattoo as long as you live under this roof. <laughs> and so um, I don't know if that was meant to say you're not allowed to or if you get one, you can't live here anymore. And I didn't really want to find out. So I got the tattoo. <laughs> But I didn't choose to let my parents know that I had a tattoo. <laughs> so I went out. I was 18 years old. So this was 2001. Um, I won't tell you how old I am, though. 2001, I'm 18 years old. And I choose, I want a tattoo. And so I go out and I get this tattoo. A year later, I even had an ear piercing and eyebrow piercing. I was like, you know, trying to really live it up and do, be, be the best version of me that the world tells me I should be, you know. Um, and so, but of course... There's seasons in, in the, my early years of college where I'm still living at home with mom and dad during the summer, you know, when I'm not in the dorms. Or there was a summer that I transferred from Oshkosh to Whitewater before I got saved and, you know, joined UWW there and, part, got, you know, changed my whole life. But um, I was even living at home during the semester off. The spring of 2004, I was living at home. And so for three to four years, I'm hiding a tattoo that I have on my back from my parents because... I want to stay living under their roof for a while. And I just don't want to have to deal with whatever it means to be found out for that. So even first thing I wake up in the morning, I'm making sure I got a t-shirt on, nobody's seeing anything. And so all this time, they're not finding out. And I think it was, um, I was hanging out with some friends at my parents' house and that we were looking at pictures from this camp I worked at. And I didn't have my shirt on and my mom saw it finally. And so she punched me in the arm or hit me in the arm or something. I don't remember what it was, but finally got found out. And of course, I wasn't living at home anymore, so I don't have to worry about that. But, you know, at that point, I think I was far enough along and, and, and as much of a, my own person as an adult work. Obviously, my decisions have to be my own. Thankfully, uh, the tattoo isn't something horrible and evil. It's, it's Chinese symbols that mean love, dream, destiny, honor, and believe, which are all really great Christian godly qualities. So I'm like, thank you, Lord, that before I even got saved, you were protecting me from the decisions that I was making or could have made on some, on some stuff. But um, that whole story was just thinking back. I was like, man, I, I used to try to just hide so many things and stay, keep parts of my life hidden. I, I wanted a tattoo, but I was afraid of what would happen based on the decision, but I still wanted to make the decision. So I just thought, I'll just keep a secret and make the decision, and then I can have both realities at the same time, right? If you, if you, no one's ever done that here, though. I, you, all you guys you know, are so honest and, and don't hide anything, right? See, I think we have to understand in our lives a progression here of understanding God and ourselves a little bit. First, we need to know, do I believe that God loves me? 
Do I believe that he is who he says he is and that he did what the Bible says he came to do and that his, everything he promises and, and says about me and who he is, is that true? Do I believe him? Then I need to understand, do I love him too? If he loves me and he did what he did for me, do I love him back? And do I love his light? Do I say yes to him, right? Those who put their trust in me, that verse said, do I choose to put my trust in him? Am I saying yes back to God? Do I choose him? Because then ultimately my decision in that place has to be now. Do I love his light more than the dark? So in my daily life, in my routine of life, will I choose to stay in the light of God versus give in to any choice that could suck me back into any ounce of darkness in my life? And ultimately, I think that question looks like this. Am I willing to give up what I have in the dark to live in God's transparent light? Do I love his light enough that I'm willing to give up the things that I once had in darkness or I could have in the dark if in that secret hidden life? Am I willing to give that up because I love God so much that I would rather have a life that's, that's transparent and in the light of Jesus Christ? I want you to listen to that definition of that word, transparent. is allowing light to pass through so that objects behind can be distinctly seen. There's not a blockage there, right? You can see through to understand what's behind something. And having thoughts, feelings, or motives that are easily perceived. So there's a physical and there's a relational component to this. And I think if we're honest, we don't always like living this way. Some of you guys are reading this going, nope, I'm not doing that. Sorry. I've been hurt too many times. I don't want people to know um, how I use my money. I don't want, yeah, you know, there's, there's components to living in this life that people don't want others to know about. But true transparency is living in such a way where, where you, can, you can be the same outwardly as you are inwardly, and you can live in, in, in the light in such a way where, where no one has to, when, when you meet somebody, you don't have to question, is this really who that person is? Am I getting the real version of that person? Because a lot of times we don't trust in relationships because we've been burned by somebody who's not the real version who you thought they were, or they're not living out you know, what they say they did when you first met them, and you're trying to learn through that. So today, we're going to talk about, for a little bit here, just the evidence of what shows the real truth within us, about whether, we're not, whether or not we're living in the light or in darkness. What is the evidence that is exposed in us to ourselves and in us to others that highlights whether we're in the light or in the dark? And so first off, there are two things that, when they're absent, show our love for the dark. So we're going to go there a little bit this morning. When something's absent in our life, the absence of this thing shows that we may choose to love the dark a little more than the light. And first, it's when we have an absence of love. If I am displaying an absence of love for a fellow believer, another, another person, another uh, man or woman in my life, or, or even if it's a stranger, if I'm showing an absence of love, it's going to highlight something deeper in me. Maybe I know it, maybe I don't. But an absence of love really shows a little bit of our true colors and who we are. 1 John 2, 9 through 11 says, If anyone claims I am living in the light, but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. Now, this just doesn't ha happen to everybody. This, this can happen, and, and I love how it talks about believers in here, because this is going to happen in the church. It's going to happen to Christians, the ones who are supposed to be God's representation to the world of his goodness and his light and his glory. This can still happen, 
in the body of Christ, right? Where someone can try to love people, yet at the same time they're stuck in judgment or gossip or slander or jealousy or some secret hidden sin part of their life, right? Looking one way at church on a Sunday morning and looking a completely different way at home behind closed doors by themselves or with their family or at the workplace or with their friend groups, right? Are we, are we being that same person or not? And does that love translate? Are we treating people with love everywhere, in every moment, in every situation? Look at God's definition of love here in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. We probably reference this often because it's so important. Because our world is constantly trying to define love as something different than this. It's, it's important that we understand this. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. That's godly love right there. And so if we have an absence of any of that in any part of our life, that means there's a part or all of who we are that is still in darkness and we're not living fully in the light of God because refusing to forgive or be humble means that I've chosen to live in darkness and not walk in the light. Choosing to operate in anything other than the fullness of God's love means that I'm still allowing darkness to overshadow part or all of who I am in some way or another. So we're in darkness. There's an absence of love. We can also know that we've fallen into that trap if we have an absence of integrity. This connects back to the word transparent we talked about earlier. Living with integrity. If there's an absence of integrity, then we are living in darkness. This is that operating in the secret behavior that we alluded to earlier. Listen to what Jesus said about this in Matthew chapter 15, verse 19. It says, For from the heart... Come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. Is it interesting? From within us, inside of who we are, in that hidden part of who we are, come out all these evil things. Come out these things from the darkness, right? Ephesians 5, 12 through 13 says, It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. I'm going to read that last part again, because as hard as it might be for some or as exciting as it might be to know that God always wins, this is an important part of this verse for us to remember in our personal lives. Their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. <laughs> I think we're fooling ourselves if we ever think that there's a part of our life we can control and keep hidden from God forever. And when God shines his light on it, God's not just going to see it. That light's going to reflect whatever it's bouncing off of. And if it's something we've hidden, that light is going to show it for what it is. And others will see that too. We're fooling ourselves if we think we can live this way. Secrets and lies will always come into the light eventually. It might be tempting to delay pain or to delay the exposure and the vulnerability of just not liking to people to know what's going on. It may be tempting to stay in that hidden place, but it will always make things worse. 
Any parents who have kids growing up, you're teaching them about lying versus telling the truth, probably realize how, how important it is that they know, hey, the, if you tell the truth right away, your punishment's probably going to be a lot easier than if I find out you've been lying to me. And the longer the lie goes on, the worse it gets. And I'm not talking about, again, now punishment. I'm talking about even relationships. Those of you who have lived in relationships before, where someone lies and confesses right away is always better than if they've lied and they've been hiding it for years, right? There's something more, even more painful about the deception and the, of the lack of integrity that comes than from just someone who's willing to be transparent and say, hey, I messed up, right? So when we see our love and our integrity fading, it's important for us to run into the light and to confess because there, there's going to be forgiveness and healing and joy in the transparency of the light of God to live with integrity. John 3.21 says, Those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. It's not saying so that that person will be really happy they did it. Someone may still really be really mad that you did something that was, that was where you lied or you messed up something. But it doesn't matter. You're not looking for the praise of a person by doing the right thing. You're looking to say, I'm going to reflect the nature of God, even if it means I have to out myself for something. I'm going to live in the exposure of the transparency of the light of God. Because even if this person gets it or not now, Hopefully they will later, but I need to live in such a way where I can have integrity and live fully in public as I do in private, not just now, but for the rest of my life. God, I want to live in your light. All right? So start by doing this with God. Start praying with the Lord. Start telling the Lord that you're forgiving this person and this person. Start forgiving people in your life before the Lord. Forgive yourself before the Lord. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy and our own worst critic when it comes to whether we think we deserve forgiveness or not. Jesus died on the cross, so we know that we are forgiven. It's not about what we think we deserve anymore. So let's go before the Lord, let's receive his forgiveness and choose to forgive ourselves. And let's ask for his wisdom on how to live in the light. But don't just do this with God, do this with people too. Be honest. And then admit where you haven't been. Ask for forgiveness. Accept the outcome, whatever that may be. If you don't have anyone to forgive, then you're probably not around people often enough because that's the nature of people. That's the nature of relationships. We're going to hurt one another, right? You get, if you're married in here, you've been given plenty of opportunities to learn how to forgive. If you're a parent, if you're a child who has a parent, so everybody in here who, who, you know, if you're sitting next to somebody and you talk to them long enough, you're going to give, be given an opportunity to forgive somebody, right? That's how relationships work. So we need to understand how to do life and relationships with honesty and integrity in the transparent light of God, because the absence of that shows that we're still living in the darkness. So this is the kind of the, the hard stuff of inspecting our lives and asking the Lord to expose in us, God, where have I had a lack of love? Where, where have I seen these scriptures? Where have I seen these things played out in my life where I, it's evident that I'm still living in darkness? And if, if, we're, if we're really wanting that enough, hopefully we'll ask others too to be honest with us enough back to say, hey, can you tell me if you're seeing a lack of this? Where has there been a lack of love and a lack of integrity in my life? So this is hard stuff, but there is also two things that when present, show our love for the light and show that we may be doing well at walking in the light of God. So let's check those out. First, when we're filled with love. <laughs> Instead of an absence of love, are we filled with God's love? Are we filled with the love of God in our lives. First John 1, 7 says, if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other 
and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Fellowship with each other. This kind of fellowship the Bible's talking about, it's not just, oh, I'm part of this group at church, or I'm just, I'm part of a church, so that means I fellowship because I'm just around people. Fellowship, it goes deeper than that. It's about intimacy and partnership with other people. It's about not hiding, not playing religious games, not living with gossip or slander and living this, this kind of double-sided lifestyle of being identified as a Christian yet not living like it, right? It's about honesty, truth, closeness, and safety. That's an important word too because I think there's many people who refuse to fellowship at a church because they don't feel safe. They don't feel safe to be who they are because who they are may still have some darkness. And I think if we're all honest, I think we all should be willing to say, hey, we can be, we're, we're, we've either been in or are in that place ourselves. It might not feel safe to trust even people at a church. Maybe they've had a bad ex- previous experience at a church where they felt judged or gossiped about or preached at or made to feel like if they're not good enough, then they're not a good person or they're not a good enough Christian, right? I think, I think we got to be very careful in the body of Christ that we live with enough integrity and love of the Lord that we can create a safe place here and in our other campuses. And hopefully the body of Christ around the nation and the world can, can step into this. And there's times too where someone may maybe missing an opportunity in a really healthy church because of a bad experience. So I'm not, you know, it's not that church overall falls into these traps. But we have to be aware that there are hurting people coming out of brokenness that are scared to be seen for who they are and don't feel safe. The interesting thing is they may not even realize it, but they're looking for the light. They're looking for the light of God to be reflected off of his people and to show them something true and honest and loving and different than they've ever seen before, different than they've experienced before. They're looking to be loved well. And I think everybody here would say, yeah, I want the same thing. That's what I want. I want to be loved. I want to be treated with dignity. I want to, I want to, I want to be able to expose my true self in a way where other people won't just stone me for it, but they'll love me And they'll love me enough to also not just say, oh, love means you're going to tolerate the darkness in me. No, you're going to love me enough to tell me how much God loves me and offer to help me grow in the areas of my life. It takes humility also to be transparent because it means I'm willing to now not only expose that, but to to know that, God, I want more than the, the less than versions of my life that I've been living And that might involve other people having some say into my life to speak love and truth together, right? The cool part is, again, as believers, we get to say yes to being this for other people. We get to say yes to being the reflection of God's light for people. 1 John 2.10 says, Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. We get to live up to this. (laughs) Some of you are like, oh, I have to live up to that. I'm saying, no, we get to. We get to receive from God the life and the light and the healing for ourselves. But also, we get to be used by God in such a way that we get to be a part of helping other people. Right? 
There's first responders out there. There's, uh, there's police and firefighters and there's people out there doing things because they want to help other people. That's why I became a pastor. I want to help other people know God, right? That, it, that, that part of us that wants something great for others gets to rise up to the occasion when we realize that God has not just saved us for ourselves, but saved us to be a part of his kingdom and now to get to be used by him in a way that helps other people know him and find him as well. But a lack of love can cause others to stumble. And being dishonest can cause others to stumble. So we need to look for how we can be filled with God's love as that representation that, hey, we are, we are going to be um, living in the light and others will even see that in us. So are you filled with light? Are you living in that way? Do others see that in you? Do you, are you living in such a way where somebody else, I don't care who it is, start, start with one person if you're having trouble thinking of it and then work from there until, until hopefully you're saying, yeah, everyone around me sees this. But are other people seeing God's love in you? That, that will show that you are filled with God's love. So to love the light, we need to be filled with God's love and then filled with integrity. Big stunner there. Didn't, didn't see me going to that one, did you? <laughs> Are we filled with integrity? Does being filled with integrity shine forth in our life? Because people who are filled with integrity love the light. And they're willing to live in that transparency we talked about over and over and over again. And it will take that. You can't just say, oh, I lived in the light today. I was transparent. Great. All done. It's going to be a daily thing. God, how do I stay in your light today? How do I stay honest today? How do I have integrity today? How do I live the way you want me to live today and every day, God? This is what I long for, right? Here at Crosspoint, here in our church, here in our Jefferson campus, our Milton campus, our Whitewater campus, in my life personally, for you personally. And ultimately, I hope this is the way people in our communities can begin to see God and know him and start to live as well. I hope that we can, can even start it here in our own lives so that we can be an influence for the world around us for the better. I want to read you this short chapter here in Psalm 101. It's eight verses long. We've read this before too, but it's so good and it relates to exactly what we're talking about here today. Saying yes to the light of God, choosing to love his light and be filled with his love and integrity more than the things of the darkness. Listen to this. It says, I will sing of your love and justice, Lord. I will praise you with songs. I will be careful to live a blameless life. When, you come to, will, when will you come to help me? I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. I hate all who deal crookedly. I will have nothing to do with them. I will reject perverse ideas and stay away from every evil. I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. I will not endure conceit and pride. I will search for faithful people to be my companions. Only those who are above reproach will be allowed to serve me. I will not allow deceivers to serve in my house and liars will not stay in my presence. My daily task will be to ferret out the wicked and free the city of the Lord from their grip. Are we loving the light more than the dark? And I think... You got to be careful that also when reading this passage that you don't go, oh, I'm just going to just go attack anyone who doesn't love the Lord, <laughs> right? We need to operate in love. We need to operate with integrity of God and, and be like Jesus in that way. Where we live as such a reflection of the light through our love and through our integrity that others see it. And now, because the world, honestly, you guys, needs something different than what they're seeing. When they see something different in you and in me and in the rest of us and, and in this world, they're going to want 
what reflects God because it's going to feel so much better. It's going to be so much better. And they're going to need that. So let me ask you here this morning, what kind of person do you want to be? Because you have a choice. (laughs) I'm going to go back to those questions I asked earlier. Do I believe that God loves me? Do I believe that the Lord is who he says he is and that he loves me? And if so, do I love him too? Do I love his light? And am I willing to sacrifice what I have in the dark for that light? Do I love the light of God more than I love the darkness in my own life? That's the choice we have. Light versus dark. Will you choose to love darkness more than the light where your love grows cold? Where you're not forgiving others? You're speaking poorly of other people? You're thinking of yourself more than others? Staying hidden without integrity? Keeping secrets? Not being vulnerable and keeping other people at a distance? Not letting anyone know the real you? Or will you live in the light and run from the darkness at all costs? Showing love for others and operating in humility? Living with kindness and patience? being willing to forgive other people, telling the truth, being honest and compassionate. We have a choice right now this morning. And you get to make that choice right now for yourselves. But you also get to do it later, even during the Packer game. How are you going to talk when, when the, if something's not going the way you think it's supposed to go, right? You know, this is a daily, constant choice that we have to stay in the light of God versus darkness. I don't know how Bears fans deal with this, but I'm just saying. <laughs> we have to choose the way we live our lives. And honestly, I, you know, we, I just look back throughout my life and the Lord has constantly put his finger on things in my life that have led me to want this more and more and more. And I know that if, if, as you pursue the Lord and as you have pursued the Lord in your own ways, you've seen God already at work in this. You've seen God. Um, maybe you've tried to ignore that it was God. Maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit's been prodding you in something that you've been living in the darkness on, and you're just like, well, I don't think that's God. And as long as I don't look at him and acknowledge that that's him, then maybe it's not, so I don't have to really deal with it. You know that God loves you and wants the most for you. And, and I just need to remind you, God is not asking you to come into the light so that he can shame you and tell you how horrible you are. He wants to expose the junk, but it's so that he can say, now, can you just give it to me? Can I have it? Because I can do more in your life than this that you've been hanging on to. I can do something with this too. I can create something beautiful in your life. If you just let the transparency in, if you just stop living in that hiding secret place, let me have it. And don't live for the, the praise of others over who you are, I'll tell you who you are. And when you live my way, even if others, people don't understand it at first, they'll begin to see the light and they'll want that too. This morning, I hope that you choose to live in the light. So I want that for me. I want that for you. I want that for our church. And I want more light in this world. Can I get an amen on that? (laughs) This world needs the light of God.